Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Folk Podcast, where we're celebrating one month of actually being able to uh, continuously record. So we're pretty excited. I'm so glad. I mean, we're over a thousand viewers now, um, a thousand downloads. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm so glad everyone's listened to us. I'm so glad you're enjoying what we have to say. Uh, but today we have a very interesting topic because it's um, kind of a, a redo episode because we have Jason here, who was here part of the uh, the episode that got lost when we recorded our Loki episode. Um, so we recorded an hour, almost an hour and a half of footage that was completely lost after we got done recording. So we lost all of that conversation. Um, but what what's happened since then has been pretty magical because we've learned things from the gods. And even Jason, since that recording, even said to me uh, that he was excited, got almost excited in a way that that episode got lost because it seems like it wasn't meant to be. And now we've learned so much more. So without further ado, let me toss it off to Jason, uh, which is also the Wandering Yggdrasil on Instagram. So that way he can kind of tell you what's happened since that lost episode. Hello, everybody. This is uh, my name is Jason. I'm a Norse pagan slash heathen slash follower of the old ways uh, and all the different terms we use to express that. As Jacob said, uh, I participated in what was a, a lovely conversation, but uh, is now lost for all time. Um, which was the 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 you know eponymous lost cat podcast. Uh, so maybe I'll just uh, just introduce reintroduce myself again because uh, you know we went through all that then, but. Um, so basically, if you want to talk about my uh, introduction to the faith, so uh, as a child, um, I came across a book about um, mythology, so I was real precocious into reading, and uh, it was basically Greek and Roman mythology. Um, it was by, a book by Edith Hamilton, and it went into the depth of the gods and the, the heroes, Heracles, Perseus, and then tucked into the back of the book, and a slim little section was uh, a section on Norse mythology. So I tuck into that. And it starts talking about the gods that, uh, unlike the Greek gods who, you know, are completely untouchable and sort of take their joy from, you know, uh, dancing people along on the puppet strings and just watching the show, uh, there's these gods from the far north who can die. Uh, and that really just intrigued me. So, again, as a child, this is back in the early 90s to mid-90s, I'm buying books on, uh, or I couldn't buy books at the time, but finding books, uh, as you did back then, uh, before the internet went really wide uh, on, you know, the gods and the Eddas and reading about Thor pulling Jormungandr up out of the ocean. Uh, and it just really spoke to me. And I remember, you know, as a child, then I was like, I'm going to follow these gods. If nobody else believes in them, I must be the only one, you know. Uh, and again, that might echo with other people's experience as well, because I just assumed that uh, everybody else had forgotten about them. Um, so, I, you know, I worshipped them. I, Eventually found my way onto the online space and also true and the you know revival of all that and bloats and uh, things of that nature and, and it was just a it's an interesting experience and, and uh, it's kind of my interest in the faith and then you know I, I got older I kind of um, the world as it does uh, especially uh, you know in the West it kind of pulls you back into the normal way of looking at things and you know. Uh, living life and I just kind of drift away from that and explore other religions and live my life and you know here I am uh, in my mid-30s and uh, so that was my introduction to the faith and then somewhere along the way in 2020 of course coronavirus comes along and shuts the entire world down and I'm just kind of left sitting at home um, everything's full stop I think this probably happened for a lot of people a lot of introspection a lot of reflection I'm just sitting there thinking you know what about the old ways and I, you know, I started looking through my books that I used to have on shamanism, and I started kind of digging around, and and it just kind of quickly escalated from that to 
hey, let me start a fire in my backyard and kind of think about it to suddenly there's Odin uh, appearing sort of in my bedroom, uh, full on night terror mode, you know, night paralysis, uh, just and then a, a series of intense, you know, life altering experiences after that uh, that have made 2020 quite the uh, the pagan blur. But, you know, again, that, that kind of gets us up to where where I am now. And, you know, and, I, and, 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 and you know, again, I explained this in the last, pack, last podcast, but I think there's a few key differences that have taken place since then because, and, and again, I'm glad the podcast was lost in a way because the original podcast, I used a different name uh, for one thing. Uh, and, and I think this maybe speaks to a lot of people's uh, experience with, you know, you, you get into, into paganism or you get back into it and there's this online world. Uh, you know, and so you, you get online, you create this account and whatever so you know sort of social media you want, and suddenly you're you're tapped into this this community that, that was unavailable in the past. And so you create your fake name and you kind of stand behind it. And you know, I had the logic of, well, oh then you know, I'm kind of an artist, so I start posting all these poems and, and pagan poetry and just really vibing out on that. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll just you know, use this name to kind of stand behind. It's kind of like an artsy type thing. And but um you know, I just I kind of came to realize that maybe that was a bit of a, a shield because I was kind of uh, a bit of, had become a bit of an instapagan uh, where, you know, I had this this world created where, ah, oh, this is great. I can truly express myself and I can interact with these people online, but it wasn't fully indoctrinated or fully bled into the rest of my life in a way. Um, so, you know, we do that podcast and, and I talk about my life and, and about my experiences and I'm real excited about it. And then, you know, Loki eats it. Uh, so and and it was just an interesting experience because you know what happened next um and you know maybe jacob can speak a little bit of this or we can have some more conversations i don't want to take over the whole podcast but uh what happened next was uh i went out into the woods with some uh real life pagans and we did some things out in the wilderness and it just completely changed my perspective on on a lot of things some of the people from the first gathering i had at a star of the spring festival uh, Logan and Mary, they've been to the Midsummer Gathering now, and we actually uh, hang out quite a bit. We all wanted to go camping, um, and uh, we invited uh, Jason out as well. And then we had uh, Drew, uh, or Wig the Wheeler, or Wig the Wanderer is his name on Instagram. Um, and we went, you know, primitive camping. We brought tents, you know, we brought some stuff to make dinner. But other than that, there was no electricity. There was no cell phone reception. It was just the woods. Um, and it was such a crazy experience, I think, for all of us, because it helped us disconnect from everything. You know, it helped us put everything in perspective. Um, and I can tell just like every single one of us needed that in our own ways. Like, I think we all needed that, that escape for one reason or another. You know, I'm a big proponent of minimalism, but there's nothing more minimal than deciding, you know what, I'm going in the woods and that's it. You know, no one can get a hold of me. I don't know what's happening in the world. All that matters is, huh, it's a, I'm a little muddy right now and this kind of sucks. <laughs> this floor is really hard and it's hard to sleep. But at the same time, you know, when those are your only concerns, it really changes how your mind thinks. So, I mean, it was a great trip, I think, for everybody. And I know uh, we all had a lesson, I think, we learned from it. Yeah, yeah. And I think just to, to go back to that, I think the first first lesson I learned was when I, so I pull up to this parking lot and I'm like, well, I know everybody's meeting here. I wonder how I'm going to find them. And I look up and there's two people down by the river turning over rocks. And I'm like, ah, of course. Of course, it wasn't wouldn't be difficult to find them. It's it's the people down there flipping rocks at the river, uh, and then I go down and introduce myself, and you know the first thing is what's your name, and I'm like, I go to and I'm like, well, now my name's Jason. It's just Jason, and then we go through the you know the awkward interchange of uh, 
people that only have interacted before with, you know, uh, Instagram handles, uh, meeting face to face. And it just, it made me realize that, uh, you know, it's, it's time to kind of set that, uh, that alter ego that served to get me out of this world aside and just move on as myself. Now, it's funny you bring that up um, because I remember we were waiting on Drew was the only one left to come and I hadn't met Drew in person yet. Um, And I see this car come off the highway because we were right next to it. And sure enough, I see this guy with long hair and a big bushy beard. And I'm like, I bet that's Drew. That looks like like a heathen right there. And sure enough, he whips around the corner in his little uh, Chevy Aveo or whatever it is, (laughs) hops out. And, you know, I see the big Thor's hammer. I'm like, yeah, that's a heathen right there. So it was a really, you know, it's cool how we can kind of identify each other because we do act a little different than most people, you know, where those people flipping rocks down in the creek, you know, we, I feel like just standing there near nature, we're like, no, we're going into nature, you know, we don't really waste time. Um, and I think one thing, you know, to bring all the other co-hosts in here um, is the idea of pagan names. You know, it's something I've struggled with, and I think it's something a lot of us have struggled with, like, especially those of us who have Christian-born names. Um, you know, do we remove the name? Do we take up a new name? What name do we take up? Who gives it to us? You know, how, how who do we announce that to? Um, and I know when I started my Instagram account, uh, The Wisdom of Odin, um, I went with Harbeth just because it was from my favorite um, tale, Harbeth the Old. Um, I loved I loved that tale. It, inqu- you know, it was funny. It included Odin. So it made sense. Um, but the moment I recorded my first video, I went to go say, hello, my name is, and I stopped. I was like, no, I can't say Harbeth. I feel like I haven't earned that name. So I just said Jacob because that's part of my story. And I feel like that's something that is universal. Like we're that first, we're that vanguard. We're that first wave, or I guess we're probably like the second or third wave. But, you know, we were born into a Christian world. And so almost taking ownership of our Christian names shows where we came from. Like, yeah, I guarantee you my kids will all have like pagan names. They'll all be like Bjorn, Sigurd, Thora, Hela. You know, they're all going to be as pagan as they come. But also, I don't want them to change their names. Even if they go off and they're not pagan, it's like you still came from a pagan, you know, a pagan home. And I, I came from a Christian home. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to own that. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Um, whenever I think about my name, because my name is Caleb, you know, and that's a very, very Hebrew name. And. I thought about that too. Like, you know, do I try to come up with a pagan name? Do I wait for the community to give one? But I, I really feel like Caleb fits me because in a way I can relate it back to Thor because of the different, if you look at the Lord stuff, Thor, he fights the giants and stuff like that. But also, and if you look at the Christian text, Caleb fought giants. So in a way, I feel like my Thor had an influence over my life from the very beginning well, with my dad naming me Caleb after the one from the Bible. But I think Thor influenced that by using his uh, religious views and infusing it to where I would, who I would be later when I came to know Thor and this faith. Um, so transitioning back to you, Jason, I know, um, like in the last podcast, we talked pretty heavily on your poetry. Um, so I do want to kind of dive back into that because I know um, at that camping trip, you actually had kind of a, a revelation with creativity too, as well, didn't you? Yeah, it was a lot of revelations, <laughs> and it was. And again, I think it goes back to the fact of there's just something special about being out in the woods with folks that look at a tree and see more than a tree, you know, or folks that know that hey, that river there, that's that's more than a river. There's something else going on there, you know. When you're standing waist deep in it, and you you feel something 
and then there's something special about being there people that feel that as well you know um but yeah it was and again uh need to bring loki back into it because uh i don't want to i don't want to make him mad again <laughs> but uh, i just think it's it's very again very telling the synchronicities in this faith are especially early on you're really diving into it are, are kind of amazing but you know the fact that loki basically eats my podcast and then there i am in the wilderness reading locusena as loki by the fire um it was really just you know very meaningful and 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 that's something that that um you know like like I said I, you know we talked a lot about my poetry um in the lost podcast um but that's uh, something that you know as i reentered on the faith suddenly it's like the guys are telling me to write poetry so i start posting poetry and then next thing you know that's that's all i'm doing is composing poems and and putting verse to word to page and just you know feeling the structure of it flow through me um you know almost using it as a um as you might use a drum or some other ceremonial tool to enter some altered state of consciousness to have some closer communion with the spirits suddenly i'm using poetry to kind of get into that space um but you know i'm, I'm just out there you know in the wilderness and i think the thing that that really hit me you know more than anything is just being by the fire with other folk because again i was Part of the reason I went there, I was expecting I would go out into the wilderness and have some sort of, you know, big revelatory, you know, like Odin would show up and a tree would break open and ravens would come pouring out and, you know, my hair would on fire and, you know, all those sorts of things that, you know, happen sometimes. Um, but really, just sitting there talking to people, sharing our stories uh, around the fire was maybe one of the more meaningful things. Um, and, and it's really informed my um, my art ever since. Uh, and again, you know, the last podcast, you know, I had some idea of the rough draft of this book I'm making. And, and now at this point, uh, it's finished. Uh, it's off. I've got an editor working on it. Um, I've got a, an artist that I'm really excited about um, working on uh, a powerful bind room and doing the cover design. Um, and and if, if anybody doesn't follow her on Instagram, they should. Uh, it's Alchemist of Arts. Her stuff is just amazing. She does these just beautiful painted bind rooms that just to blow you away so she's she's working on the cover and, and everything's coming together and it's just it's just it's different you know and, and again bef before i had this this alter name that i was going to publish under but um and again I've, I've circled back to using you know my real name and it'll be my full given christian name on the cover and and a part of that is something else i've experienced you know interacting with other people online in real life is is there's a lot of trepidation on folks part because a lot of you know we live in a world where it's a lot less taboo, you know, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was, there was no, you know, coming out of a broom closet, so to speak, that, that was, you know, that's just, you know, people in their little pockets and they might talk to each other. But now, you know, even in the 21st century, uh, 2020, this, this deep end, there's still a lot of folks out there that are hesitant to, to come out and say what they are. Um, so something I want to really do with this, this book is put my name on it, you know, and I'm from a small Christian community. And I'll put my name on it, put it out in the world so that, you know, it's clear, hey, at least me in this moment, you know, I'm going to say who I am, what I'm about, and I'm going to stand up for it. And hopefully, you know, in some small measure that can help other folks out there that are, you know, maybe using those uh, using those names, you know, as a, to kind of protect themselves and shield themselves to let them know that, hey, if they want to come out into the light a little bit or, you know, in our case, deeper into the forest, uh, that it's okay. One question that I have, since since you've been on this trip, you're talking about owning your own name. 
has that changed the style of poetry or anything? Because in the last podcast, you know, I asked you about like, how do you get in the mindset of doing your poetry or like, how do the gods inspire you for poetry? And I was wondering, you know, now that you're owning who you are, is there something different now? Is it more magical or stronger? Well, I'll definitely say there's a more aggressive quality lately in my verse. So, you know, almost like, you know, there's a part of me that, and I want to work on oral poetry as well, because, you know, reading The Locust Center by the Fire, you know, maybe at the next gathering, I'd like to almost prepare a piece that, you know, where you speak it out loud. uh, And and, because I think that's, that's a part of our faith that I'd like to bring back, you know, people just, you know, standing up by flame and, 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 speaking their verse and, and you know if it's good the people cheer if it's bad they throw apples and then you know you iterate that through some time and you know suddenly you've got some some songs that uh hey you know joe tell that song that you sang at the last gathering we really liked it and then you know three or four gatherings later it's uh almost codified as hey this song of joe is is great you know and then 30 years down the road you know everybody's like oh man i wish i could have wrote, been there when they wrote the song of joe um so there, there's a certainly, there's a more aggressive, like lately, I've almost got this like poem digging around the back of my skull where like, I'm just standing on top of a picnic table shouting out, I am a pagan and I am here. And you know, there's flames and trees are bursting into flame and ravens are pouring out of them, you know, like I mentioned earlier. Um, so there, there's definitely certainly more of a, uh, an aggressive character moving into, into my poetry going forward. And, and again, and you know, um, being creative is, it's just an interesting, you know, maybe Jacob can certainly speak to this, being, you know, a pagan and being of his faith, but also being a creative person and trying to create something that other people find useful. Uh, and that's also another reason that I made the poetry is, I want to make this book is, you know, I get back into paganism and the faith and I'm like, you know, well, I can get on here and say, you know, put some meme up and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm about. But if I'm really going to be part of this community, I should try to use my skills to create something valuable that others can use. Cause I think that's, you know, that's really uh, a noble go to go for. Um, so just, you know, as I, as I compose this poetry, you know, I've got this book finished and it's just a strange um, duality there where I've, I've been through maybe the entrance into this faith and I've created this book around it, talking about my experiences. I feel the, the oath to Odin calling to me, like I need to go ahead and get out in the wilderness and, uh, say the words and i think the next step for me will be putting a you know some more poetry together and really the next thing coming for me is is jotunheim uh i feel i feel like the next series of poetry that'll be coming out of me will be you know my interactions with you know the land of the jotuns and the spirits and the vanir there's just something about those ancient powers that's really speaking to me lately so that's that's probably gonna be my next uh my next big adventure two quick things before i i want i want baker and ian to ask questions if you got them um, but one, the reading we did of Locust Center by the Fire, I've been meaning to say this, um, comes out on Wednesday on the Wisdom of Odin YouTube. Um, so, you know, a couple things. I do put this at the beginning of the video. It was recorded outside at night in the woods. Like, there are insect noises. There are fire crackling noises. It ain't perfect. But it's still, I think, a really good representation of what it's like to be by a fire. Because I actually filmed it. I let everyone else do the recordings. And I was by the fire. And I was just bouncing back and forth between the readers. So hopefully, I really do hope people get that sense of like the fire time reading. You know, it's not amazingly acted, but everyone, you know, played their parts. We had, you know, four people doing speaking lines. So I think it really will hopefully give everyone the sense of, uh, you know, story time by the fire. Um, So I hope everyone enjoys that. Um, But I'll also say on the creativity thing, 
because um, you brought up, you know, yeah, you can just post a meme or whatever. I mean, I think that's something that I've, you know, become quite, you know, aware of is there are a lot of Viking meme pages where it, all it is is just the same meme over and over again. And it's great for the first month that you're a pagan, but after a while you're like, eh, this is a little old. I've seen this a ton- dozen times. Um, and, you know, and, and quite frankly, to the people that just make counts just to post Viking memes that have been reposted a thousand times, I'm just like, use your, your platform for more. You know, use your platform to get creative. You know, write poetry. It doesn't have to be good. You know, shoot, I write poetry and it's terrible. <laughs> I sung in one of my videos and no one noticed and it's great. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, if you have a social media platform, I mean, shoot, some of these Viking meme pages get thousands of followers. That's great. But maybe start transitioning over to more creative content. Start writing our new saga. The saga of the past has already been told. This is the new saga. Um, you know, use that. Become a part of it. Don't just don't just echo the voices of the past. Yeah. So I mean, the only real question. I mean, you kind of touched on it, Jason. Um, is one that I asked you initially when we had our lost podcast episode. But um, you know, I asked like, what what really pushed you to start writing poetry for the gods in the first place? And I know like you kind of touched on it a little bit today, but just for those, like, obviously that weren't for the podcast the first time, um, I don't know, maybe you could touch on that in a little bit more detail. Sure, yeah, and it's strange because, and again, I picked up this faith as a child, and I was quite active for a few years. I'm actually right now looking at a bowl made of wood carved from a, so it's got a lid on it, it's carved from a single um, piece of wood, so you can see the grain kind of flowing from the bowl into the lid. That bowl, and I'm not sure how it followed me through life, but I had that as maybe nine or ten years old in my house. Inside the lid was a little bowl where I would pour apple juice to the gods, and I would sit there and have these conversations in my head with, you know, uh, mostly Thor and Freya at the time, because um, I think you know, I said this in previous podcasts. Uh, they they seem maybe more open to newcomers and more easy to have a conversation with. Um, so, you know, so I was I was that was my early relationship with the faith and. And honestly, maybe five or six years ago, of course, you know, every spring, regardless of what faith I was exploring, um, regardless of what faith I was exploring, every spring, um, there's Thor, you know, rattling the heavens, you know, rolling his chariot to the sky. Uh, and there's me standing there like, ah, it would be nice to follow those gods, but surely, you know, surely there's not that, that many people into it. Um, and, you know, maybe four or five or six years ago, um, I'm sitting in my room and I just feel like Freya is speaking to me. And, and I'm not sure how it came about, but she just seemed like, you know, you're, you're pretty creative and you're good with words. Why don't you make poetry just dedicated to the gods? And it just kind of bounced around my head at the time. And I was like, ah, that's it would be really enjoyable to do, but it just seems unlikely that there'd be an audience for that. Uh, so then, you know, fast forward to 2020 and the, the coronavirus shutdown and the periods of reflection and I just get on Instagram and I start kind of sharing, sharing these things, you know, quotes from the Have Em All, as everybody does, and, you know, um, little snippets of the poetic edda that I really enjoyed. And then suddenly, you know, there's a blank page in front of me, and I've got my editor open on my phone. And I'm like, I'll just put a few lines of poetry down. And I put it down, I edit a little bit, and I release it, and it just felt right. And then kind of things have escalated from there. And, and somehow I've, I've produced maybe over the past two months, almost a poem a day that's maybe decent, um, that people seem to enjoy and, and seems to speak to their relationship with their faith, or, or they'll say, you know, oh, today I was having this kind of day, and I reached out to this deity, and suddenly you posted this poem about him. And it just, it's it's been really a, a meaningful conversation ever since. That's awesome, man. 
Um, one thing I, I do, I want to say first, and then I'll, I'll get to the question. Um, is I actually started getting into, uh, I made my first, my first set of rooms, uh, right before we had the lost, uh, episode and everything like that. Uh, and one thing that I've come to find that I really love of yours is those, uh, those rune poems that you do. Um, they really, they really help me understand things a lot better as I'm learning the runes and as I'm working towards, uh, learning all of them. Um, so I guess what my question really is, is like, how do you, uh, how do you connect with the rune itself or what's, what's your process for coming up with those poems? Cause I feel like they have to be really in-depth and really connected to what that rune stands for, for it to be what it is. Well, first, I really appreciate that. I, you know, initially started doing them just as a way to, I did a rune series maybe a month or two ago that was just, I got my first set of runes and I would go through and, and pull a few and post about them, kind of what they meant to me. Um, but yeah, it just means really a lot to me that, that people seem to interact well with those poems because I feel, I feel like there's a rune poem book in me. It's just maybe ten years down the road, um, because it's just they're so deep. It's it's just, and and again, the only real tangible lore, uh, outside of, outside of a few um, Icelandic magical texts, the only real tangible lore we have on the runes, and certainly the Elder Futhark runes, is the rune poems. You know, you know the you kind of. Which, uh, for anybody interested in the runes, Wikipedia, I, I hate to say it because it seems like a simple source, but Wikipedia has an article for each rune with the original rune poems that pertain to that rune, both in the original language and in English. And that's just a great place to start. But the only, again, the only tangible evidence we have for the runes is the rune poems. And I would love to have modern rune poetry be a thing. I would almost love it to be a genre. Um, because it just seems to speak so well to them. Uh, and, and again, how I approach them, it's just, it's challenging um, because the runes are, and, you know, for anybody that interacts with them, they're real and they're direct and they're powerful, but they're also, you know, again, rune means hidden in a way, mystery. They're also very mysterious. So uh, generally what I do is I'll just, you know, I'll pull the rune uh, out of my bag. I'll look at it. Um, I'll have a few different books. You know, I have an audio book where I'll listen to where they read that particular portion um, and then I have uh, Diana Paxson's Taking Up the Runes, and I'll kind of read about it in there. And I'll just look at a different couple sources online to kind of pull from the different perspectives of it. And then I'll just find the thing, maybe the hook or the single item of that rune that speaks to me at the moment, and then just kind of build off that. You know, like I just did one on canines, and, you know, it's the fire, the flame. And there was something about, something about it, the illumination or mastery. And so I just kind of went in and just spoke about, you know, the flame of illumination and, and technical mastery and and somehow the idea of the kind of old aged wizard was in there so like merlin and odin were in there together and i'm not sure how they showed up together celtic nordic kind of blend but just that's kind of my process is just to take take the room examine it look at a couple different meanings and just find the single point to enter on because really and again they're so complicated and and you know there's some of them like thurisaz which was very difficult because uh, you know, it's it's got so many positive and negative aspects to it. Um, so again, I feel like I could almost write a book of poetry for each rune. Um, so it's just you know try to find a, a foot a foothold to get in there so that I can say something meaningful about it in a few lines um, without getting lost in in the depth of it. I can tell you right now, if you make that book of rune poetry, I would definitely buy it because <laughs> I do. I really do love those poems, and I, I really do like that last one that you made, the uh, the one on Kinos. 
it's awesome. I definitely feel like certain runes will be harder than others. You know, like, uh, Algies has so much depth to me, and maybe it's just because I've studied them, you know, I haven't studied all of them in full depth. But Algies, to me, I could write a whole book on. But then there's runes like um, like Ewaz that just, like, we don't really know about. Like, Ewaz and Ewaz, honestly, like, we don't know a lot about. And I feel like writing the whole thing, it's like, I don't know, I feel like it would be a good explore, you know, exploration into them. But at the same time, I don't know how much content you can actually get from those runes. Yeah, I definitely find, you know, there's some that I'm like, oh, man, Ansu's, I could talk about all day. Wisdom and Odin and, and all of this. And then Perthro, I'm like, I have a vague feeling of it. But, you know, each, each iteration, each time I go through the series, I feel like I get a little deeper on all of them. Um, so one of the, the main overarching things we were talking about for this episode um, to talk about is lessons from the gods, because we definitely learned some lessons from losing that episode. Like we were discussing now, um, when we're doing our recordings, we, this is a practical lesson. We stop them every 20 minutes. That way we don't lose a whole hour, hour and a half anymore. So there's these practical lessons. But I do feel like, you know, with the gods and with this path, we learn some really important lessons, some really deep things, even from just living this life and following into the rhythm of the pagan world and the natural world. Um, so I definitely want to hear from everyone. Um, and I definitely have stories myself about these these lessons we learn from the, from this path and from the gods we worship. Um, anyone uh, got a story they want to share? Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so, Tyr has been, he's been a little quiet lately, but in the past month, he's been hitting me with some stuff pretty hard. And it actually came into the form of a dream. Um, and essentially, what happened in that dream is I was looking for a, a real-life individual that I don't particularly like to have a lot of disdain towards this individual, almost borderline, like, I don't want to quite say hatred, but it's definitely not good, good vibes towards this person at all. And in this dream, I was looking for this person, because I essentially I wanted to fight them for some of the things that they did and caused in my real life. And while I was looking for him, uh, there was this this older man in his if, I mean if I had to put an age I would say like late fifties ish but you know shorter gray beard really tightly cut hair um, but very strong in appearance for somebody of that age and he was holding uh, his right a right nub close to his chest and just was just like holding it. And he just gave me this vibe of don't, you know, don't waste your time. This isn't worth looking for this person. This isn't worth getting yourself worked up about and, you know, just like let it go. And I immediately knew after I woke up from this dream that this was tear, you know, the very iconic, you know, missing right hand, very stoic. Like he didn't speak and he didn't say anything to me, but it was just that, that, overwhelming energy of this is not worth it so talking to our our resident tier experts in the discord you know they they explained to me about how tier is about moving forward and moving past situations in your life letting go of things that are not necessary to uh you know to your life you know this is no point in getting yourself worked up about something that is not you know it's going to potentially make it worse if you constantly keep going after it and 
trying to, you know, in my case, like I had a lot of disdain for this person and it's, you know, it's just, it's not worth the energy or the potential trouble of trying to make this a bigger deal, you know? And I thought about it days and days after having the dream and it, it, it did make sense. And after kind of reaching out to tear a little bit after that, I definitely got the vibe of this is what he wants me to do. He wants me to let go of this this anger, hatred, or however you want to call it towards this individual because it's just it's gonna make things worse in the grand scheme of things. And there's there's better things that I need to be putting my mind to. Um, but you know, it's it's still it still pops up every now and then. Like I'll catch myself like the the thought will randomly come into my head and I'm like, oh no, Tears gonna know somehow that I'm thinking about this. In a negative way and i immediately kind of like cut it off and stop thinking about it and it kind of it has helped like in the real world situation of don't let it consume me don't let it take over in a sense <laughs> all right well follow mine ian uh the one lesson that i really learned was really early whenever i converted to this faith and it was from thor uh for those of you who know my story you know i was at like the lowest point in my life and I was just ready to give up. And at that moment, Thor came and was like, no, don't give up. There is hope. There is a way and there's a life to enjoy. And that's what he's taught me is how to enjoy life. And this is like this faith is that is a celebration of our life here. No matter what happens afterwards, no matter what you think or What's in the afterlife? Like to me, none of that really matters because now I'm focused on nothing but enjoying this life here. And that's like the biggest lesson Thor taught me is to never give up hope and to enjoy our life. That's a great message or a great lesson. Um, so I guess the uh first thing that I'll start off with is um throughout the summer, or throughout most of the summer really, because it was it was like a two month thing. Uh, I had a thing, I had a big part where I had something really personal happen here at the house. I don't really want to go into detail with it because I don't want to like air my dirty laundry, uh, especially on a podcast where so many people are going to hear it. But I had a I had a big thing happen like right at early early July, and it took me all the way through uh, mid August, almost through the end of August, before I really got a handle on it and learned what I was supposed to through it. And it got to the point where I felt like, but I was uh, I was grasping at straws trying to figure out what it was that I did wrong, what it was that I did to offend the gods or whatever it was, because I, I had no clue. Um, but I, it was just a, uh, I guess I, the thing that I learned was I was leaning on too many things and just trying to, uh, trying to use them as a crutch instead of just using my own strength and my own will and everything like that, like I should have been doing. Uh, and it wasn't until I was already broken down really bad. And, uh, Jacob actually helped me, uh, back out of that. And, <laughs> Uh, got me to realize what the real lesson was. And it was, I mean, it was a, a really quick turnaround, a quicker turnaround than I thought it was going to be. It was just, I had to get to that point, learn, and then move move past it. But it, the biggest thing was just that no matter how bad it gets, the gods are always with you. Even if they won't show themselves to you or let you access them or anything like that, they're still with you. They're still watching you. They're not going to let anything bad, you know, worse than what they are trying to get you to learn from happen. Is a good way to put it. Um, and that kind of led me to what I'm doing now. Um, I'm not big on sharing a lot of stuff. I think, uh, like as of right now, there's like five people 
other than not counting my wife that know what I'm doing right now. And I'm actually doing a nine day fast uh, for uh, nine days and nine full nights. The only thing I'm having is water, one cup of black coffee and one cup of green tea. Uh, and that's it. Um, and it's been a big thing of, uh, I guess just, I'm trying to just prove myself to Odin, get, show him that I've got the conviction, the self-will, uh, the self-control and everything like that, that I, that he, that I need. And he, I guess he was the one that really led me to it. Um, but I feel like this was, this was the logical next step. And it sounds crazy going from the low point that I was like two weeks ago to where I am now. Cause this is the best that I've been since. Uh, since midsummer, really, maybe maybe a week or two after that, um, like I think it was yesterday. Everything I did was like near trance-like in feeling. Like it was just like if I could just pu- push through. If I didn't have my daughter here at the house while I was watching her, I could have just tranced out, and who knows what I could have experienced. But you know, them uh, them dad responsibilities and stuff. <laughs> I guess just a little bit. Going back to the rune talk that we had earlier, uh, it really helped me understand and learn the properties of one certain rune. And it's, uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's either Isa or Isa, but it's the, you know, the rune of ice, the glacier. Um, and it's literally the, the rune of self-control and uh, stuff like that. And I've really got a, a great understanding of it now. Uh, one of the things I think it was rune, I think it was on rune secrets um, that I saw it. It was the, uh, even if it's, even if glaciers are slow, they are the only thing that can really punch its way through a mountain, albeit at inches a day. But that just goes to the show, even if you're going very slowly and it's difficult for you to gain your self-control, you can do it and you can move a mountain with it. It's just a matter of ga- of gaining that potential. And it's a really big thing for me because uh, throughout my life for a long time, I've struggled with overeating and using food as a comfort and everything like that. And now it's, you know, if I can go nine days without food, I can do whatever, you know, nothing else is going to stop me. I mean, for real. <laughs> so to kind of uh, bounce off that, I feel like uh, my story almost relates to that. It's something that I'm, I've been really working on the last week and understanding. Um, and it goes off the rune of uh, Laugus or Lagus, um, is, is understanding the flow and water um, almost every rune pool I've done in the last two weeks has uh, involved lagus in so some way, um, where it's just going with the flow and falling into a rhythm. Um, and now that I've been, it's basically, I think it's been a month now that I've been a full-time YouTuber, full-time Wisdom of Odin, and I've learned a lot. You know, the first couple of weeks, I feel like I was definitely still getting used to it. You know, I kept on feeling like I needed to go back to work. I needed to go back to the car dealership. Um, but then every day I would wake up and like, oh, I don't have to do that now. Um, and really this last week is where I fell into the rhythm where it was like every day I was doing something wisdom of Odin related, whether I was making a video, designing t-shirts, um, reaching out to people, messaging people back. Like there was a day where all I did was message people and help them out. Um, and then there was every night I was doing some kind of ritual. I was sitting outside and talking to the gods and I really fell into this rhythm of just being a pagan or being a believer in the old ways. And, and I realized this when I went home to see my folks this weekend, actually, um, my parents are not pagan. They're, you know, just very normal Midwestern Christian parents. And and it was a weird moment of, you know, like a snapping out of it where I realized that I was I had rewired myself to think in this way. I rewired completely almost how I understand the world, because now I had to talk to people that didn't see the world I, the way I do. Now I had to, you know, when they ask you ask me, what have you been up to? 
And I'm sitting here like I've been meditating on the runes. I've been wandering around the woods. I've been learning about plants. You know, I've been embracing this lifestyle that they can't even comprehend. And it was weird to be taken out of that. And I, I know that that's happened, that happens to all of us. Um, you know, all of us that work and, you know, and, you know, practice this lifestyle on the side in our free time, or even if we have families, um, you know, and children, it's not something we can focus on all the time. But falling into that rhythm, finding a way to find that rhythm again as quick as you can so you can connect to the gods. Like you were saying, Caleb, you know, this fasting has really allowed you that, like, at any moment you feel like, oh, I'm inside the woo now. I'm inside the magic. And that's how I've been feeling this last week is, the you know, the the fact that I've gotten myself in this mindset. I've let myself go with the water. I've let myself go with the flow. At any moment, I can just walk outside, hug a tree, and just feel connected um, and it doesn't have to be this, you know, big dramatic moment necessarily with the gods. It can just be walking outside and just tapping into it. Um, so that's my long-winded way of saying, you know, just just follow the rhythm, follow the flow, and find a new flow. If that, if whatever river you're on isn't working for you, build a new path, build a new river, you know, find a new way. But at the end of the day, you know, finding that flow is so important. I'm glad that what I, what I said was, in a way, kind of similar to that. I'm just really looking forward to this Tuesday and Wednesday, which will be the um, the last. Well, the Tuesday will be the the last full day of the fast, and then that Wednesday will be the day I've completed it. But I won't have my daughter that those two days, so it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> and then you'll get to eat again. Well, How, yeah, what, what's your well, first thing you're gonna eat? <laughs> well, no, it's not, the thing is, it, it when you stop eating for this long, you can't eat. You can only be on liquids for like five to seven days. Um, so like bone broth and soups and things like that. So I'm not actually going to be able to eat solid food probably until the, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend. So I guess it'd be like two episodes from now that I'll actually be back to eating solid food. Um, because otherwise you can actually kill yourself if you jump back into eating too quickly. Like it does something to your intestines. Uh, I was looking it up and it was like, Ugh, <laughs> okay, you be careful with this. <laughs> I'm too much of a hobbit, man. I need second breakfast. <laughs> I normally am, but I mean, I like I said before, like I've fought with with over with eating and stuff like that for a long time, and I think like this is going to be how I can finally do what I want to, and I can like I don't want to lose like a bunch of weight or anything like that. I'd like to get back to like two fifty. Uh, since I've done this fast, um, I've lost like twenty pounds since I started, and that wasn't the goal. And I mean, it sounds crazy that I've lost twenty pounds in the span of a week, and it's like I'm not recommending it to people unless they feel drawn to it by Odin. Like, if he wants you to do it, then that's all fine and good. But you guys, uh, you really, if you're not, if you have, like, certain medical conditions, stuff like that, you really need to go get checked out by a doctor and stuff first. Because I can imagine somebody doing with diabetes doing this, and it could really hurt them or even kill them. So we got our PSA out of the way. Yeah, Caleb, it's 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 funny you say that. As a follower of Odin, um, I actually fast on a regular basis. And it's a really, well, the main thing for me is, is you want to make sure you have a clean, healthy diet first. Because when you if you live off fast food, McDonald's, and you pull food, your system just breaks down. Um, but if you're eating, you know, clean, healthy things, proteins, plants, um, not a lot of processed food, when you pull food, really beautiful things happen. So I try to fast between 18 and 20 hours uh, once a week, maybe. Um, and I actually uh, usually do it on Wednesday. It's again follower of Odin. I try to make Wednesday my day where I, uh, you know, have dinner the night before. And I get up the next day and I'll drink water and I'll have a little coffee in the morning and that's it. And uh, usually between maybe noon lunch and 3 to 5 p.m., 
I just get this big cognitive uptick where my mind is really crisp and clear and things are really flowing smoothly. Um, and it's it's definitely, for anybody, uh, I, I would recommend, again, health-wise and consult your doctor and all, all those caveats. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to about it think, you know, oh my gosh, how do you go without food? It's, you really don't need food uh, for, you know, the first 24 hours anyway. You know, it's a great way to enter, enter into it. It would be like once a week, once every two weeks, just you know, or sometimes, you know, in the past I've done like maybe new moon, full moon, uh, if you want to tie into the seasonality of things, is just avoid, you know, just don't do food for more than 12 hours. And and, and you'll realize, you know, after you get over the initial hunger pain that uh, you don't really have to eat constantly from the day you're born to the day you die. And it's, I think it's, it's definitely useful from a spiritual aspect and just a general physical aspect to explore that space. I was just going to say, it wasn't that difficult for me whenever I first started with it, because I used to do intermittent fasting and stuff like that. And I think it was like after Ostara, I didn't eat for like a good solid two and a half days because I just, I didn't need food. It was weird. The weirdest thing ever. Um, But I guess I'll just go ahead and share that. I've already shared everything else. I'll go ahead and share this here too really quick. But I kind of came to the realization yesterday just where I was so in tune with everything. Um, I feel like this is something that I need to do once every nine years um, in set like at the beginning of September on the first and go through the ninth of September. That way it's every nine years on the, in the ninth month, on the ninth day is when I finish this. Um, and I don't know if that's just a way to reground myself or just try to deepen that connection. Um, at first I kind of thought that maybe I should do it once a year, but that just felt like it would it wouldn't, you know, it's not like it'd be that often, but it felt more like a special thing to do it, especially on, you know, the number nine, you know, every nine years like that. So. Uh, one conversation I wanted to bring back that was from the Lost podcast that I was so upset we lost was, uh, Jason, where me and you were talking about um, like a sobriety in a way with Odin, where keeping a clear mind is so important. Um, you know, we were both kind of talking and it almost came up kind of casually where it's like we both don't really like being very intoxicated or being very influenced by drugs or anything like that. Because even in the Have All, it talks about, you know, living moderately and keeping a clear mind and not losing your head. Um, and I think that's so important, especially if you're following the Odin path, is, is staying, keeping a clear mind at all times. Um, and I think it's something that I've learned is I just don't like being and so drunk that I can't control myself or I can't control what I say. Um, and I really haven't been, you know extremely you know inebriated really since i started this path you know gatherings i tend to drink a little bit more uh but nothing to the point where i lose focus i black out or i I lose sight of who i am and yeah i think that's again that's something we that that came up uh, organically and i think one of your live streams also um kind of talked to that and and i feel the same way you know of course in my youth i was a bit of a wild man but um, you know following this path it's just you know odin's the god of wisdom uh, self-restraint um, and sometimes maybe not being so nice to yourself in terms of pushing yourself really hard to to kind of explore those those territories and those boundary spaces um, but when it comes to um, you know keeping a clear mind I think that, that that's very important um, and you know and again I, I actually have a lot of uh, uh, processes and practices built into my life around that where you know uh, <laughs> you probably saw me at the uh, we were out in the woods you know taking my lion's mane mushroom which is good for cognitive performance and uh you know just studying how the body works and thinking about things like longevity and how i'm going to structure my life in such a way so that um from a 
dietary and physical activity aspect and a relationship uh, aspect, I can continue on this path and, and, and learn and grow and become more for a longer time as opposed to just going out there and just doing whatever feels good in the moment. And then, you know, 20 years from now, you know, my time's up. That was actually something that I um, had a really big realization of and learned um, since like the Lost podcast, actually. Um, because during that whole two month span where I was trying to figure out what it was I had done wrong, I was using alcohol and other things to kind of escape my problems. And it would, I would only do it like once a week, but it was still like, yes, Jacob knows. <laughs> I like, I like smoking my pipe and I like, I like my vape. It helps me think sometimes, but I was, I was using those as a way to escape what I really needed to focus on. And once I got that out of the way, it's been so much better. Um, like I think I'm honestly I'm a month sober from anything I believe right now actually, and that was just off of you know just one time a week. But you know I made sure that I stopped all that well before I started doing this because it just didn't didn't feel good anymore, and I wasn't enjoying it.
um, one, you praise the gods because that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a much needed experience and like a, just a, a good lesson, you know, from the gods themselves. Of just sometimes you need to get out and just reconnect with, with everything that's around you, you know, let go of some of the modern day kind of technologies and, and issues and everything and just go lose yourself in a canyon. You know, like I definitely want to go back to that that location again and explore it more just to see what else I could potentially find or experience while down there. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that, Ian. I actually was looking at your Instagram and saw that staff and was like, that's that's a sweet staff. And and it's funny, it's like again, these are my people, the ones that go out in the wilderness and come back with magic staffs. Because uh, I actually the camping trip we went on, I remember. Telling, talking to Jacob beforehand, like, I just feel like I want to get a staff. And somehow, I'm mean, there in the river, and there's a piece of um, forest river driftwood, just perfectly crafted, uh, shaped in the lagoos room. It's actually got three lagoos in it, and I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Um, I'm going to sand it down probably a little bit, and uh, but it's definitely... Uh, it almost feels like the uh, the thing that's going to take me the next the next phase of my journey as I explore the you know the, the other nine realms and kind of walk deeper. Uh, but yeah, that uh, it's uh, again it's definitely um, something I think this faith is about is going out in the woods and coming back with a stick. How great was it when Mary we like we lost track of Mary for a bit? Like we were all hanging out in the the creek or the river. And, like, we were walking on the sharp rocks, and it's like, where did Mary go? And we're all, like, waiting near the camp, and then we just see her coming around, and she was like, oh, I found a pool. It was crystal clear, and I just bathed in it, and I found this massive stick, and it was just, like, this, like, giant club from Skyrim. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, if you actually go back and look at my Instagram post about that trip, um, I finished with, they actually left, she left the staff there at that little altar with that mushroom on it, and it's just sitting there, just massive and beautiful and uh it was definitely a special experience that and skipping that and skipping stones yeah i, I definitely am going to take some time kind of like what you were saying jason about like with yourself like sanding it down and stuff like that um i want to take it there's a couple little like prongs of it that i want to kind of clean up and um i don't want to quite fully uh like whittle it or like completely smooth it down Mainly what I want to do is I want to concentrate on like where my hand would actually go. So I'm thinking about sanding it down and then putting um, like a leather strip around it. So that way it's a little bit more comfortable. Because I'm not going to lie, like it was it was pretty rough on the hands just based of, because of the type of tree that it came from. Um, I don't know the actual name of the tree, but it's a stuff that you find a lot in uh, commonly in deserty areas. So it's not it's not anything relatively smooth by any means. Uh but yeah, I definitely want to work with it a little bit more and get a little bit closer to it because the more I look at it, like it sits next to my altar now, and every time I I walk into my altar room, I see it. And I'm just like, yeah, like that's my staff. Like I I need to work with it. I want to do some things with it for sure. And I can't wait to see what you do with it, Ian. But like y'all were talking about and stuff like in nature, I, I'm lucky enough to be a logger, so I'm around nature all the time, and like. This this week, like we're working in an area where I have no cell service or anything like that, and uh, I got time by myself in the woods in the middle of nowhere, and like I'm in the old set, like I can't hear none of the machines, and there's nothing going on, and I'm just sitting there, and then out of nowhere, Thor shows up, and like I just hear thunder. There's no rain, no lightning, just 
pure, loud, booming thunder. And uh, in the Discord, there, there's quite a few, and I'm probably listening to this podcast, like Thunder Kids, but the ones that I'm connected to, like I knew one of them was going through a tough time this week. And like whenever I heard the thunder, I thought of them immediately. And like then like it was a calming thunder though. It's like I, I, it's a weird way to explain it. If you're not really a big into Thor, or like connected to Thor, different to me, different thunders have different effects for me whenever I hear it. But it was like, you know, the first thunder that came on my mind. The second thunder was like, you know, they're okay. I'm with them. They're stronger than they think. You know, just encourage them. And so that's what I did. Like whenever I got home or I got service, like I, I messaged them and we talked about it. And we had this weird, we have this weird connection going on right now this this week with Thor and like the weather, and it's really incredible. But if you are really feeling disconnected from the gods or like going through anything, definitely go into nature and and lose yourself in that. Give yourself to nature, and I'm sure the gods will awaken something inside you. Okay, uh, just to just to start wrapping this up, I think this is a good way to you know close everything. Um, you know, going to nature, reconnecting. Um, it's all lessons from the gods, and I, I think the best thing you're going to learn from you know the gods, and the best way to hear these lessons is to disconnect yourself from the world we live in. Um, you know, smartphones, laptops, computers, Netflix, video games—all these things distract us. Um, not saying you know I still love playing video games myself. I still love binge watching shows, but you know it's going to be very hard for you to connect to the gods if this is what you're doing. If you're feeling disconnected, go out into nature, um, fast if you're healthy enough for it. it it's a great way to connect. Um, you know, start a YouTube and a year later become crazy enough to quit your job and then, you know, work full time as a YouTuber. That's also a great way to connect, but I don't recommend it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, but this, I think one of the most amazing things about this path, and I think sure you can attest to this as well, is it doesn't end when you say, I'm a pagan. You know, I feel like with Christianity, as soon as you say, I'm a Christian, Jesus, you know, I accept Jesus into my heart. That's not a true statement, by the way. Don't disregard that. Um, <laughs> um, and it's like, once you do that, I feel like there's no, you know, no one encourages you to dive deeper and to further explore it and further build yourself. Whereas this path, the moment you say, I want to follow the old gods, your journey is just beginning and it's not going to ever end. Um, and you're going to learn a lot um, throughout the years of your life. So I think that's one of the most exciting things about this faith. Yeah, most definitely. I agree, Jay. Whenever, you know, you're a Christian and you accept Christ as your savior or whatever they want to call it or you want to call it, that's like it. Like you read the Bible or you go and you get preached at uh, two two days out of the week. But since I've started this journey, it's learning everything. It's it's constantly testing yourself, overcoming challenges and proving that you are walking your own path. You are on your own journey. And the best way to do that is to really see your improvements or to awaken something inside you is to go into nature and learn these lessons that the gods have waiting for you. So I'm just going one more thing to add to the uh, the nature talk we had going on before. I don't know if you just want to cut it and add it to that uh, before this. Um, I think it was yesterday. I was sitting and my daughter always wants to watch Barney. As soon as like she sees the YouTube app, she wants to watch Barney. Yeah, for real. Um, but I was scrolling down through the suggested videos and it had mine and your video, Jacob, of when we went to, um, to Red, uh, Red River Gorge uh, when we gave that offering to Odin. And she wanted to watch it at two years old. She wanted to watch it. And as I was sitting there watching it, I don't know if it was just where I was seeing it. And I was seeing like 
the good time that we had or whatever it was, but I'm just like, I need to get back to that. I need to get back out in nature. I, need, I don't know if it need, means that I need to get out there by myself or I need to get her out in nature more. It's a little hard where she's too, she, you know, she doesn't want to walk a long ways or nothing like that. She wants you to carry her everywhere. Um, or if it's like, I need to go hiking with you again. I don't know what it, what it is, but it was just awesome. <laughs> it was just an awesome thing to see her sit there. She was so sucked into it. She is like, it's one of those rare moments where she followed everything that we did and, and all that. And it was like right after the offering that we gave to Odin at the very end of it, she's like, okay, I'm done. And clicked and went off. So it's something else. <laughs> but it was just such an awesome little moment that I had with, a, you know, a toddler of all people. And she can't even string together a sentence. But uh, I feel dude. like that's a connection. <laughs> dude, I watched her swing around that, uh, that phone, dude. She could find whatever video she wanted. Um, and I don't know where she's not finding this energy. She was running around that sushi restaurant like it was no other. I, she can hike dude, up. Dude, I know. We took her to Bay's Mountain. And that's like the picture I have as my screensaver on my phone. She was, I mean, we got, we walked like a mile and she was done. Like we, we still had to walk back. We're like, she's full of energy. She'll be great. No, we had to care. I had to carry her for like that, that mile back. <laughs> All right. Well, I think gentlemen, this will be our first over hour long podcast. So that's cool. I think we had a lot of really cool conversations. I have no idea what I'm going to call it, but probably just lessons from the gods or something like that. The lost episode redone. So folks, we're going to head and start closing this podcast, but Jason, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Uh, thank you for rescheduling. I know we were all upset after that day, but it seems like it was meant to be. Um, so, Jason, tell uh, tell all the people, where can they find you on social media? Um, and if there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, so they can find me, uh, Wandering Yggdrasil, on Instagram, uh, Wandering underscore Yggdrasil. So um, that's kind of my main base of operations at the moment. Uh, I'd like to think in the future once I get this book released and uh, maybe I can kind of expand a little bit more. That's where I focus all my energy. So that's uh, that's where they can find me. Any idea of when this book's going to come out? Yeah, so it's it's at the editors, working on cover art, and uh, again, following the, the Odin path, I've, I've decided to do the self-published route, but not like the easy, the easy hit the easy button, but so I'm exploring like typesetting and uh, just, you know, really nerding out on all the details because I want to really just dig my hands in this process. And because, uh, you, know, you know, we live in a world where the, the gatekeepers are dead for traditional media, but... Also, the gatekeepers are dead, which means that, you know, you can just put junk out there. So I want to kind of thread the line. But um, so it's, it's finished. It's it's in editing. And uh, that's kind of my, my thinking point as far as the next big uh, celestial event, so to speak, is kind of releasing it. You will have it have it alive in the world from that point. All right. Awesome. Well, folks, as we close out here, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, once again, thank you, Jason, for being on here. Thank you to all the co-hosts. Um, for finding the time. It's, uh, I know we're all busy out there in life, but it's finally becoming fall, and all four, five of us will be at the fall gathering in three weeks! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> um, I have, we'll probably just put up some filler episode for that day, but the, the week after that gathering, we're going to have a great conversation. It might last hours, and I'm okay with it. Um, but folks, that gathering, until that hall, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs>